morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. And this takes place right after Jesus had fed the crowd of the 5,000. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain to pray himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of our Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Lord, you have gathered us again here today so that we could come and worship your name. And Lord, you have gathered us also to hear your message. So we ask that you open up our ears so that we can hear and open up our hearts and our minds so that we can understand what you are trying to tell us today. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If we went to LaBolt Lake right now, how many of you would believe me if I said that each and every one of you could walk across the water to the other side? Any believers? No. You must know me. You don't believe me. Well, to tell you the truth, I would be very apprehensive myself. But let me ask you a few more questions. How many of you believe in God the Father as your creator? Ah, more hands, good. And how many of you believe in Jesus Christ as your salvation? Good. How many believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Excellent, excellent. One more question. Then why do we doubt that we can walk on water? If we believe in the triune God, 
anything is possible. As Christians, we should believe in the power of our faith in God. If our faith in God is genuine, then all things are possible. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23, it says this, Everything is possible for him who believes. Now, this doesn't mean that we can have anything we want by thinking positively. We can't pray and have everything as if by magic. But we must sincerely believe that nothing, nothing at all is too difficult for our God. We must have a rock-solid faith in him that he can do anything for us. Faith encompasses three main areas. Knowledge, belief, and assent. In order to have faith, you first must have knowledge. And knowledge about God is contained in the Bible. Reading and studying the Bible will give us a firm foundation for the basis of our faith. God has revealed himself through his word. The more we study the Bible, the more knowledge we will have of God. Next, you must believe. You must believe that the knowledge you have of God is true and that is, it is accurate. You need to have the certainty that God is who he says he is. And finally, you must assent. You must act on your knowledge and your belief. To act on your knowledge and belief means that you agree with it. That you know with your whole heart that it is true. So the meaning of faith can be put into an equation that goes like this. Knowledge plus belief plus assent equals faith. Faith can be illustrated like this. A young boy is caught in the bedroom of a second floor apartment that's on fire. The boy tries to open the door to his bedroom with the intention of racing through the apartment's front door to safety. When he touches the doorknob, though, it is scorching hot and smoke is seeping under the door. Alarmed, he runs to the window with the intent to jump. But then he sees the concrete sidewalk down below, and he reconsiders. In a panic-stricken voice, he screams for help. A strong man steps forward and encourages the boy to jump. I'll catch you, he says. Jump. Upon hearing the man's claim, the boy receives knowledge. But this 
is not faith yet. Help, the boy screams out louder. Don't be afraid, jump, assures the strong man. But upon further consideration, the boy now believes that the man can catch him. But his belief still does not translate into faith. The boy again screams, help, jump, I'll catch you, yells the strong man. This time the boy acts on his knowledge and his belief in the strong man's words. He leaps out of the window into the strong man's arms. That is faith. Knowledge and belief and assent together form faith. Now I mentioned earlier that positive thinking won't give us everything we want. This does not mean that positive thinking is in conflict with faith. Rather, we should be positive in our thinking in regards to our faith. When we pray to God, we must be positive that he hears us, and we must be positive that he will answer us. He may not answer us with the response that we want, but we must be positive that he will respond to our prayers. Positive thinking is a component of faith, but it is not the wholesomeness of faith. The difference between faith and positive thinking is this. Faith includes two parties, God and you. Positive thinking, however, only involves one party, a person who is confident and self-assured. So we must be positive in our faith, but we cannot rely on positive thinking to be our faith. Sometimes our faith is like Peter's. It wavers. We lose our focus. We take our eyes off Jesus and we begin to focus on the wind and the waves. And this is when we begin to sink. It is in these times when we too need to cry out to Jesus, Lord, save me. This is when we need to focus on the powers of our Lord instead of our own inadequacies. These are the times when we need to strengthen our faith. When we become apprehensive about the troubled world around us, we must remember that God is always in control. He is the only one who can really help. We must focus on Christ's presence and his ability to help us. It is the storms of life 
that push us into a deeper relationship with Christ. When our faith gets tested, that is when we learn to rely on Christ as our salvation. Have you ever heard anyone say, just as I was making my tenth million dollars, I realized that I needed faith in God? No, no. It's more likely that we hear people say, I lost my job and I had to learn to trust in God. We all need God, whether we are on top of the world or if we're on the bottom. But it is the storms of life that push us to seek God. This is when we become acutely aware of our need for God's presence, his help, and his direction. Trust him to speak to your heart about the best strategy to handle a difficult situation. And he will comfort and he will guide you. Christian writer Andrew Murray once wrote, Whenever you are facing times of despair, you must learn to say, I am here by God's appointment. I am here in God's keeping. I am here under God's training. And I am here in God's timing. What this means is God wants us to learn from the difficulties of our lives. There is something specific that God wants us to know from every situation. We need to ask God, what do you want me to learn from this? Sometimes the answer to that question is quite simple. And sometimes it is not. But we will never know until we ask. God always has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And it always happens in his timetable. We never know how long our trials will last. It may be two days or it may be 20 years. <clears throat> Only God knows how long they will last. Some trials only endure until we learn a lesson. In that case, the sooner we learn, the sooner we move out of that particular situation. It's like going to elementary school. If you don't learn fourth grade math, you get held back. Now, wouldn't it be a shame to be 20 years old and still in the fourth grade? It would be worse yet to be wearing diapers and drinking from a baby bottle at the age of 50. God wants us to learn so that we can move on with our lives in the Lord. We are supposed to keep building our faith in the Lord. 
We can grow our faith by hearing God's word. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 10, verse 17, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Christian faith needs to be rooted in truth, and that truth is in the word of God. Our faith grows by hearing God's word. Let God talk to you. Now, I don't mean that at 9 o'clock every night that we should stop whatever we are doing and listen for God to talk. After all, we cannot put God into our own time frame. We cannot put God into an as-needed basis. Rather, what I'm saying is this. Be prepared to listen when God does talk to you. Make time for him when he talks. Listen to him. Don't say, I will ask God about it later. He may be talking to you right now. He may be subtle about it, maybe giving you little clues to help you figure it out. Or he may be bold. He may say, this is the way to do it. Either way, the point is to listen. Our faith also grows through exercise. Putting your faith into action will allow it to grow and become stronger. Think of faith as a muscle in your body. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And if you in gradually increase the weight resistance, you can grow stronger than you ever thought you could. And likewise, if you don't exercise your faith, you become weaker. Faith is like that. It needs to be exercised to grow. Faith has to be put into action, to be used. If you don't use your faith, it grows weak, and you could even lose it. Now, our faith should not stand alone. Our faith should not be of only ourselves. Our faith should be for our church, our community, for our whole world. There is a story about a man who was shipwrecked on a deserted island. He lived there for many years and he learned to live without human contact. Eventually, a ship passed by this island and spotted the man. When the captain of the ship came ashore, he noticed three well-constructed huts. And the captain asked the man about the use of these huts. The man replied, the first hut is my house, and the second hut 
is my church. Well, what about the third hut? The captain asked. Well, that's a sad story, the man replied. That third hut is the church that I used to attend. You see, this story illustrates how fickle that we can be. We sometimes abandon relationships for very trivial reasons. At the first sign of any disagreement, we bail out. We don't even try to work our problems out. If you're in a relationship only for yourself, it will be short-lived, or at the very best, it will be very shallow. When we make our faith for others, we deepen our relationship. And not only do we deepen it with other people, but we also deepen our relationship with God. God's kingdom expands through the help of corporate faith. One person can accomplish some. A lot of people can accomplish a whole lot more. God sometimes calls us to do things that we could never do on our own. But with the help of believers, we can do the thing that God has called us to do. We can accomplish his will. This expands his kingdom and our faith. We can spread the message of God to the whole world much more effectively as a group than we can as individuals. I have one more little story that I would like to share with you. A pastor was hired by a church. The youth leader and the music director took him fishing so that they could get to know each other a little bit better. They rowed the boat out on the water, found a good spot, and reached for their fishing poles. Oops, said the music director. We left the poles on the bank. The pastor said, no problem, I'll row us back to shore. That's not necessary, the music director said. And he got out of the boat, walked across the water to the riverbank, grabbed the poles, and he walked back. The pastor was awestruck. A few minutes later, the youth leader asked for the bait. Oops, the music director said. We left the bait on the shore. This time, the youth director said, no problem, and he hopped out of the boat, walked across the water to the shore. He grabbed the bait, walked back to the boat. Again, the pastor was awestruck. The men baited their hooks, and they began to fish. And after a little while, the youth director became hungry and asked for the sandwiches. Again, the music director said, oops, we left them on the shore. He turned to the pastor and said, 
would you mind going to the shore and getting the sandwiches? And of course, the pastor, not wanting to be uh, shown up by the other staff members, he stammered and then he said, sure. He took one step out of the boat and immediately sank to the bottom of the river. The music director looked at the youth leader and said, when he comes back up, will you show him where the stepping stones are? You see, when we have the stepping stones of faith, we can walk across the water. We can be assured that God will get us safely to the other side. And not only will we get safely to the other side, but we'll stay a lot drier too. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you, that you strengthen our faith in you that you give us the stepping stones of faith. We ask, Lord, that, that no matter what difficulties come in our life, that you can help us to see that they are for our good and that we can use these difficulties to strengthen our faith. And we ask, Lord, that you always be with us. And that you make us your disciples, that we go out into the world, that we go and see the difficulties that are in spreading your word. And Lord, give us the courage and the strength to be your messengers. We ask this in your name. Amen. I was recently reminded that people pay attention to how we dress. So when we get up in the morning, we should put on our clothes of faith. And sometimes it can be so simple as just putting on socks that say live by faith. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. The Lord will guide you. He will give you the strength to maintain your faith. So now go out into the, into the world to serve your Lord and to serve your neighbor with love. Amen.